Hello and welcome to this Endo Life episode 27. I'm Jessica Duffin and this podcast is all about living and thriving with endometriosis. Yes, it's Tuesday and I'm back. As I said, as it's Endometriosis Awareness Week, I'm releasing an episode every day up until Friday, giving you the weekend off and myself. Um, just to celebrate Endometriosis Awareness Week and obviously it is also Endometriosis Awareness Month. Um, but in the UK, we kick off with Awareness Week. So I just wanted to celebrate, bring more awareness um, and kind of offer you guys some hope and some new tools and resources to help you better live with endometriosis. But before I get started with today's show, I want to talk about my sponsors, BU Period Patches. So I'm going <laughs> to tell you um, a little story about using BU Period Patches. So last year, I um, was part of a campaign for TOTM, um, the natural sustainable period um, menstrual product company. Um, And so we were doing a photo shoot and I was on a train to Cardiff um, and I was due on. But my, for some weird reason, I decided to leave my luggage further down the train. But I had my bag with me. Um, and I'm on the train and my period comes. Oh, there's a cat. Sorry, a cat's just turned up at my window and I love cats. Um, so the only thing that I could reach was my, um, BU period patches. And I had to like, you know, discreetly roll my top up and put them on. Um, I was next to a guy, but I mean, I think he was probably uncomfortable with the fact that I was showing my stomach off so he didn't look over but even so they're just plasters like it could just be a really big plaster I could have a wound there who knows um and I put them on I didn't have access to painkillers I didn't have access to my magnesium spray which I usually use I didn't have access to um, my belly balm that I use my tens I just had these and I'm so grateful because stomach I had stomach cramps as well sometimes get a bad stomach um with my period and that is hmm, maybe that's more yeah I think now my pain's under control like if I do get problems it's probably more with my stomach um so they were able to help calm that down as well because I didn't want to be ill on the train um and then I got to the shoot and I just started like I just kind of felt really normal Uh, other than like a bit brain foggy I just felt really normal and you know I was just topless having my picture taken if you're confused by that you can see my picture on TOTM's Instagram and you'll understand um and I was just raving to everyone about them and because I was saying oh you know I might be a little bit foggy I'm on my period sorry if I'm you know just a bit blah today and yeah they were like are you in pain I was like no like I've got these on and I'm feeling pretty good um I made the mistake later on that day that I in the evening I got home and I was like "Woo, the shoot's over and I ate something and it really triggered me off but other than that um I just thought they were amazing and I'm yeah I was talking all about them to TOTM so um yeah so BU period patches, they deliver menthol and eucalyptus oil to um, your muscles and that reduces the cramping and therefore reduces the pain. Um, they're 100% natural, just like plasters, you just stick them on. You get five per pack, so in theory they should last you for 
most of your period, if not all of it, depends what your length is. And you subscribe. So if you subscribe, rather, you get them for $4.99 or $6.99 if you're not subscribing. So they're, they're pretty affordable. And uh, to shop, you just head to the link in my show notes and then start soothing period cramps the natural way. My second sponsor of today is Know Your Endo. So the Know Your Endo course, the Endo Toolkit, is about to be launched. I'm very excited about it. This online course was founded by Jessica Manan, a previous guest of the podcast and an incredible support to the endometriosis community. Um, Definitely listen back to Jess's episode um, if you haven't listened to it before and you can hear how Jess went from needing a hysterectomy with stage four endo to now living essentially 80% endo symptom free. Um, So Jess has now put her everything that she's learned into a five week online program and that offers a range of tools to help you manage and feel better with endometriosis. The course covers understanding endo, nutrition and food, movement, stress management, natural products and alternative medicine. You'll also have access to to a community page, live Q&A with Jess um, and expert interviews. Enrollment opens on March the 11th to the 17th, that's for the early bird pricing, and then March 18th to 24th for the regular pricing. And you can also get $15 off both prices with the code JESSICA in all capitals. Just head to knowyourendo.com forward slash program, P-R-O-G-R-A-M. So I know in the UK we spell it with two M's and an E, but um, this is the American spelling. And add your code at checkout. Also, if you're around this Friday, I'm holding a dinner party in support of Endometriosis UK with the uh, Plant Hub and Academy in Hackney. It is a free course plant-based endo diet banquet. And we've got lots of goodie bags, we've got non-alcoholic cocktails, we've got um, low unrefined sugar um, treats at the end. And yeah, you get to come and mingle with endometriosis warriors and their friends and family. You can come on your own, you can come with friends. I would absolutely love to see you there and help raise awareness and funds for this amazing charity. So this episode is with Heba Shahid. And it's all about pelvic floor therapy for endometriosis and the huge role it can play in helping us live well with the disease. Heba Shahid is the founder of The Pelvic Expert, an online platform that provides programs and courses on pregnancy, birth recovery, chronic pelvic pain and menstrual issues, including endometriosis. Heba is a women's health coach, yoga and Pilates teacher, physiotherapist and fellow endometriosis warrior. She provides support to people with endometriosis through her courses, talks and classes, and has recently developed an online program's specifically for those of us with endometriosis. In today's show, we talk about the link between the pelvic floor muscles and endometriosis and how endometriosis negatively affects our nerves and muscles, as well as how our muscles and nerves actually impact our experience of endometriosis as well. We explore the role of physiotherapy and pelvic floor therapy and the role that those can play in healing some of the nerve and muscle damage caused by chronic pain and scarring. We also discuss how we can start supporting our pelvic floor with physical therapy exercises for endo at home and how to find a practitioner and what to expect from pelvic floor therapy sessions because I think 
some of us can feel a little bit nervous about going in and, and seeing someone about that area, especially if it means that they're going to be touching us. Um, so I thought that was really important to cover. We also wrap up with Heber's key endometriosis natural treatment options, which are super helpful. And uh, we find out more about her course. I learned so much in this episode. Heber is just a fountain of knowledge. And actually, pelvic floor therapy is really an area that I don't know that much about. We don't have a massive amount of it in the UK. So it was super eye-opening for me and really interesting to learn. I'm hoping that I can find someone um yeah near me um and of course we'll share if I do um I'm sure you'll love this episode as much as I did I hope you enjoy so um you are I'm I think I'm right in saying this um a fellow endo warrior um so I really wanted to start with your experience of endometriosis and chronic pelvic pain because you know, every person that I've spoken to on the podcast, they don't just get into this because they thought it sounded like a good job. <laughs> There's usually a story behind it. Um, so I'd love to hear like your experience and your personal journey to kind of healing that chronic pain. Yeah. So I got into the area of pelvic floor physiotherapy, mostly because I was having my own pelvic health issues. And for me, my own endometriosis story dates back over 15 years as well. So when I had my first period, it started when I was about 14. And like many other women who have endometriosis, the period was extremely painful. Um, and it wasn't just a, you know, a general, you know, a bit of cramps here or there. And then the period was over within three days type of period. It was like, uh, eight to 10 day period, which is consistent for me, like to go up to 10 days and very heavy, very painful. Um, and going through my whole high school sort of period, and then I guess university and beyond, I always thought that period pain was normal because that's the kind of language that you're often told. And whenever I went to see doctors or, or GPs or physicians, they would always say, you know, that's that's a period, that's that's how it is, that's normal. A lot of women complain, just take some Panadol or, or Paracetamol um, or Nurofen or something like that, ibuprofen, um, and it should get better. And so, you know, going through my entire sort of teenage years, it was extremely painful. My periods, I was on a lot of painkillers. Um, I think I would take like ibuprofen and naproxen type drugs on a regular basis. And, you know, eventually, as with many other women with endometriosis, the pain from the, the pain itself doesn't really get better with those drugs. And in fact, you kind of become immune to those drugs. And you also then develop side effects from those drugs, like a lot of gut problems and so on. So, so I guess, you know, the, the whole journey itself was a long and brutal one, like most women. Um, and, it wasn't until I actually became a physiotherapist and I wasn't specialized at this point, but I was just a general physio. I was like, there must be something more to this pain. Like what, why am I in so much pain? This isn't normal. It can't be normal for me to be like, feel like I'm dying, like, you know, excruciating pain. It feels like, you know, your uterus, like someone's shredding it with their fingernails or something or being stabbed in the uterus. You know, it's, it's terrible, terrible pain, right? Like it's not, not just oh yeah you know a little bit of cramps I'll put a hot pack and we'll get better that's not how it is so I then 
you know, at that point I didn't even know really much about pelvic floor physiotherapy, but, um, my pain was so bad in my first year out of university that I actually, you know, it, it became worse. Like it became more of a chronic pelvic pain at that point. So originally it was mostly, you know, pain during your period, but by the time I'd finished uni, so about 21, I was in pain 24 seven. Like I was, I had pelvic pain, abdominal pain, sciatic pain down my legs. I was having migraines like at least four days a week. Like it was like a whole pain thing in my entire body. And it may not have been directly related to endometriosis, all of these pains, but the fact that I had endo and the fact that a lot of my pain started around my period, there's definitely a link there. So at that point it became chronic pelvic pain and then I went to – and then, and then I couldn't really work in my field because I was in so much pain. So I was like, what can I do with my degree um, and still be able to help people but not, you know, harm myself so much? So I got into the area of pelvic floor. So this was before I even knew that there was a relationship between pelvic floor physiotherapy and, you know, helping people with period pain. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, and then it was at that point that I, you know, I was going to all these courses and – sitting back and listening and then thinking in my head, oh my gosh, like what if, what if there's some kind of connection there? So then I went to see a pelvic floor physio and it was at that point that I got the first inkling that I had endometriosis. So all these years, you know, 10 plus years, I think it took, it was 11 year diagnosis for me. So 11 years of going to, you know, I, I must've seen at least, 50 doctors, like over the years, you know, over and over again, different doctors about different, different pains, but it, it, you know, ultimately started with the, the whole period. Um, and so the, the women's health physiotherapist said, you know, she's asking me questions and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I have pain with bowel movements. Yeah. I have severe constipation. Yeah. I have abdominal pain. Yeah. I have food intolerances. Yeah. I have pelvic pain. Yeah. I have you know, every single um, question she's asking me, you know, neuropathic pain, all of this, she's like, you know, it sounds like you have endometriosis. And I looked at her and I'm like, uh, it didn't really sink in that that's what I could have. And I didn't really know that much about it at that point because I was still new into um, women's health. And so then I went home and I, you know, with me when I learn something, I have to know everything about it inside and out. So I went and researched it and, um, and then it made so much sense. Like, I was like, oh my God, this is me. This is me. This is me. This is me. Like every single, um, thing ticking. So I was like, okay, all right, this is me. So I went, I decided then to go and see a gynecologist and, um, and, and it's funny because at this point, no one had ever referred me to a gynecologist. No one in 11 years. No, no. Oh and that, that's the thing. Like, it's the system is so backwards sometimes. Like, I think the UK is a little bit more ahead in getting diagnosis um, by sending to, to a gynecologist, whereas here in Australia and, and in many parts of the world, it's because to see a gynecologist, you need a referral from your, your general practitioner or your doctor, your home doctor. Um so, you know, no one had ever referred me. And, and usually it's because I think if you're not sexually active, you don't usually get referred to a gynecologist. So if you're a teenager, you don't get referred. Like it's not, it's not normal. It's not like a mainstream thing that's done, even though it should be. And now it is being done more. Thank God. Thank God. So I am seeing more young people now. 
But, um, yeah, back when I was young, it wasn't like no one even considered or even mentioned that I could have endo or that I should see a gynecologist. So, yeah, I went to see a gyno and she's like, yeah, it's definitely endo. Um, you know, we, even when I did an internal ultrasound, um, it was excruciating. So they, they even said that I likely have adenomyosis as well because um, they could see the bulky uterus and, and all of that. So, um, yeah, I ended up having the surgery um, about maybe, I guess it was 12 years after diagnosis and, um, well, it's not after diagnosis, sorry, after presentation. And, um, yeah, there was endometriosis in there. And it was interesting because, you know, after your first, um, your first period after a excision laparoscopy is usually pretty horrific and it was, but then, yeah, definitely after the third, um, third period, my period pain was exponentially better. However, I still did have a lot of pelvic pain um, and a lot of other generalized pain. And I think that's one of the things that often gets overlooked is a lot of women and a lot of medical professionals, unfortunately, as well. They say that, um, you know, once you have the surgery, your your all your pain should just go away. But it's but it's never like that, or, or very rarely it's like that because by the time a lot of women have the surgery, they've now developed chronic pain. So it's not just the endometriosis that's causing your pain, but it's also your muscles, your nerves, your connective tissue, your gut. You know, so many things are now involved. It's become like a complex chronic sort of situation, and so that's why that's kind of what has led me to work in this specialty field where now I, I mainly only see um, complex pain patients because the, you know, you've, okay, you've gotten rid of the pathology or we, we know that endometriosis is never really acute, but you've cut, if you've had an excision surgery, you've cut out all of the tissue or most of the tissue. So now it's about how can I get this woman um, back to a healthier lifestyle and back to a life where pain isn't ruling her body. And, you know, it, it might be through various tools, which we can talk over during the podcast, but, you know, addressing things like nutrition, addressing things like um, exercise, what type of movements you can do. But most importantly is seeing a pelvic health or pelvic floor women's health physiotherapist to address that particular pelvic and abdominal tissue that's um, often, you know, tight or um, what they call overactive or just not moving and sliding nicely. And so that might be causing that pain to be worse. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And I'm, I'm really interested in this subject because so in the UK, um, they don't really recommend pelvic floor therapy for endo at all. Um, I've never heard, I've, I've got one UK friend, maybe two, who are seeing a private um, physiotherapist, I don't think they were recommended to do that by their doctors or referred. I think they sought them out themselves. Um, but a lot of the people that I've had on the podcast in America, they're like, oh, yeah, like my pelvic floor therapist is amazing. You know, like they've sorted out so much. So I feel like in the UK we don't really understand that link between like the pelvic floor endometriosis and our pain. Um, and so because we never hear about that, you know, from the doctors and um, we don't know it's an option. So I want to get to kind of your website and your work 
more but um as we're on the subject I'd love to deep dive into that a bit more like I I read a book um quite a while ago called Vagina by I think by Naomi Wolf and she was talking about all of the nerves in that area and the muscles and you know if you go through trauma or perhaps like there was issues in birth or um you you've got a chronic disease there that these nerves and these muscles can get damaged and they kind of hold like a pain memory so like you were saying even if the endometriosis is cut out you've then got this continuous pain going on anyway um so am I right in thinking that about the nerves is is that kind of how it works yeah absolutely so our body is complex there's never just like a one hit one solution type thing you have to look at the body holistically so when we, when we think about pain or when we talk about pain, one of the things that we have to understand is that pain is essentially a, a response, okay? It's a response that's triggered by lots of different things that might be happening in the body, but it's essentially a message that's delivered by the nerves and the nervous system, which includes the brain as well. So pain itself you know, you, you could have a lot of endo and have very little pain, or you could have very little endo and have a lot of pain or some, you know, something in between, or you could have no endo after having excision surgery and still have a lot of pain. So the thing about pain is that it's, it's a message that's being sent sometimes correctly and sometimes erroneously by the brain through the nervous system, by the nerves to tissues like the muscles. So with pelvic floor therapy, the way that it works is that obviously we know that endometriosis, you know, it, it, it's obviously to do with the period, right? It's to do with your period cycle. It's to do with the uterus, but it's not, it's not tissue that's on the uterus itself. It's tissue outside of the uterus. And the way that the body responds is that sometimes when we're in pain or, or, or generally when we're in pain, um, our muscles will contract, re, you know, reactively. And, there are muscles within our pelvis, the pelvic floor in particular, but also other muscles such as hip muscles that can react from, because of the pain by clenching, okay? And and one of the descriptions that I like to, to use sometimes is, you know, if, th- think about, you know, puppies when they're scared and they, they're running away from something. What do they do? They run away with their tail between their legs, right? So, and what's actually happening there is the tail between the legs or the tail underneath the legs is essentially a, it's, it's a primitive response that all people and animals have in that the tailbone tucks under and the pelvic floor is in a short position. So it's tightening, it's clenching. And it's basically like a a primitive fear-based response. And when we're in pain, we kind of trigger that same response. So what happens is that the pelvic floor clenches when we're in pain, and that's why we often see at least 50% of women with endometriosis, and this is what some of the research shows, that at least 50% of women with endometriosis will have an overactive pelvic floor or a tight pelvic floor or like tension or spasms in their pelvic floor, okay, because of that constant holding pattern. And, and, And if you think about it just logically, like when a woman who has her period and she's in pain, what's the most common image we think? Like, 
of a woman who's, you know, curled up in a ball, holding her tummy, holding her knees to her chest. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So if you think about that, okay, you're curled up in a ball, what's happening? Aren't you tightening your tailbone under? Aren't you clenching your, uh, your abs together? Aren't you like, you know, held in that ball-like position? If you're, if you're in that position because of pain for at least one day every month, right? And for many women, it can be seven days, right? In a month that they're in that position, that muscle kind of learns to stay in that position and it holds on and it clenches. And over time, it becomes very like, it becomes tight. Okay. And so what we need to do with, with those muscles is teach them how to relax again or, or not relax. But the, the word that I use when I work with women is called down training. So um, a lot of people, when they think about pelvic floor exercise, they think, oh, I have to squeeze my muscles. I have to squeeze and <laughs> yeah. tighten and clench them, right? Do, yeah. And that's what we call up training. That's trying to strengthen a muscle. For women with endometriosis, the problem isn't, the problem isn't strength, okay? The problem isn't up training. The problem is that these muscles are already too tight. They're in a clenched position. They're short. You know, the, 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 pubic, the muscles basically extend from your pubic bone to your tailbone, And in women with endometriosis, that space between the pubic bone and the tailbone is shorter because the muscles are tighter. So what we want to actually do is lengthen this space. We want to open that up. We want to open up the pelvic bowl, as I say. We want to let those muscles let go rather than pull up. We want them to drop down. So it's more about teaching these muscles to downtrain. Now, the other thing is that's that's active relaxation or active downtraining. The other thing is because these muscles are so short or so tight or, or they're spasm or they're, the other image that I like to say is, you know, think about your neck muscles. You know, if you're like sitting at the desk at work for a long time, um, you know, your neck starts to ride up towards your ears and you notice a bit of tension in your neck. And if you, if you press up what your upper traps, you can feel some knots in your neck. Mm-hmm. You know that feeling? Yeah. So you can get this same type of feeling and reaction and, and not really in your pelvic floor as well. So these little bits of spasm and, and when you touch them, they're sore and irritable. And this and, and so what, what happens when you see a pelvic floor physio or physical therapist is a vaginal exam is usually um, taken place and we go in there and we feel around for these tissues and usually what we feel in these muscles is these little hyper-irritable knots or we feel that the entire muscle tissue is short and tight and painful. And so what happens in a session with a pelvic floor physio is um, similar to like a massage. So it's kind of like we, we use release techniques. So um, if, if we go in internally with my index finger, for example, I will um, massage the length of each of the muscles in the pelvic floor or in, in the pelvis to help them to lengthen and stretch and also to kind of smooth out those knots and get rid of those knots because those muscles are being held on so tightly. We want them to just have some space, have some freedom to move. And when they have the freedom to move, you're, you're more likely to then get less pain because if you think about it, what happens is when a muscle is tight and constricted, it limits your blood flow. So there's not as much blood flow to the area which can sometimes make period pain worse because you do actually need your blood to flow. And the other thing is that it can tighten and wound, wind around the nerves in your pelvis. So as you mentioned that book by Naomi Wolf, um, Vagina talks a lot about um, the nerves in the pelvis. There are a lot of nerves in the pelvic floor area. And one of the main nerves is called the pudendal nerve. 
which some people might have heard of. There's also the genitofemoral nerve, their sacral nerve. There's, um, there's, there's a lot of different nerves and a lot of different branches of these nerves. And what can happen at different places within the pelvic floor is that the nerves at different points can become constricted. And when a nerve is constricted, and remember what I said before, that pain is a product of or a message of the nervous system. So if a nerve is being tightened or wound up or constricted, then it's going to become like buzzy. It's going to be like, oh, I don't like this. I don't like being held tightly. Um, so what am I going to do? I'm going to alert the person that I'm in that I'm, I'm going to alert, alert the person that she needs to fix me and loosen me up. So I'm going to send the only signal that I know, which is pain, right? Yeah. yeah. So what do we want to do? We want those nerves to relax or, or unwind or um, we, we want them to be free basically. And so when we smooth out the muscle tissue by massaging them or doing um, stretching exercises for the pelvic floor or the hip or when we do relaxation and breathe, deep breathing and things like that that help to relax those muscles and the nerves in the pelvis, then the nerves can actually take a break and then you can actually have you know, re reduction or even resolution of your pain. So you can see like it's, it's all interconnected. It's all um, related. And, and the other thing that I, that I want to mention is that it's not just soft tissue work or, or muscle work inside the pelvic floor, but it's also muscle work externally as well. So it can be around the buttocks, around the hips, around the inner thighs, and definitely around the abdomen. Because remember what we said before about women being in that tightened position, ball, curled up in a ball, the abdomen and the abdominal muscles can also become tight. And the thing is the abdominal muscles are connected into your pelvis, but also the same nerve supply from your pelvis also goes into your abdomen and vice versa. And so what you can actually get is something called visceral-visceral convergence, which is when the muscles in the abdomen, oh, sorry, when the nerves in the abdomen, if they're irritated, they will bounce off signals into the nerves in the pelvis because they're similar and the same. So you can get also the, the, the opposite. So you can have nerves in the pelvis when they're irritated, they can bounce off and cause irritation in the abdomen. And so then a lot of women will, will be like, oh my God, I have all these abdominal symptoms. Like, I, you know, I get a lot of abdominal pain. I get this endo belly. I'm intolerant to food. My tummy is really sensitive. I'm constipated or I have diarrhea or whatever it might be. And this is because of this convergence of the nerves or partly because of this convergence of the nerve. And so what we want to do is try and, you know, minimize the overactivity of all the nerves in the abdomen and in the pelvis and also the overactivity of the muscles in the nerve. In, in the abdomen and the pelvis so that, you know, things are moving nicely. You can, you know, you can breathe again, you can move again. And then we basically lower the threshold of the pain. We are essentially desensitizing the nervous system. We're making that nervous system a bit more calm, a bit more relaxed. And so then your threshold for pain is lower. So then your pain is lower. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I'm, I'm kind of like, reeling from all the information it's it's fascinating how I mean I found this when I read the book vagina I was kind of like outraged that I didn't know about this so it's like general knowledge um but you know it sounds like everything just so interconnected and we're really just treating such a small part of the problem um and 
you know, with endometriosis, it's, I'm, I'm guessing from what you're saying that not, you know, not all of the pain that we're experiencing is coming from endo. So we might just be like treating the endometriosis itself and ignoring like the muscles and the nerves that are going on around there. So I can see how important it is. Um, I actually wanted to ask like while we're on this subject. So a lot of people with endometriosis experience like pain during sex. So do you think that that is, because often, for example, if I feel that I'm like, well, I don't really have any, I'm not really having painful periods anymore. Like my endometriosis is pretty much under control. So then when I randomly get pain during sex, I'm like, what, why is that? And why is it, why is it at that certain point? Do you think that's to do with the nerves and the muscles and can pelvic floor physiotherapy help with that? Well, I know that is from the nerves and the muscles because whenever somebody says to me, I have pain with sex, my first diagnosis is tight or overactive pelvic floor muscles. The only reason you will have pain during sex, apart from pathology, is an overactive pelvic floor. So, the the only treatment really that's going to help with painful sex is having pelvic floor physio, is having your muscles released. It's having your nerves calm down in there. It, it's, it's all muscular. When it's, when it's pain during sex, it's muscular. That's because sex so is a mechanical activity. Sex is a mechanical activity. It's a movement-based activity, right? It's, it's a muscle-based activity if you really think about it. It's the it's a movement like we're talking about um, penetrative sex here, right? Yeah. So yeah. if you if you're using any type of um, whether it's uh, whether it's you know the male parts or if it's um, any type of sex toy, whatever it might be, anything that's penetrative sex and is painful, that's muscular because you're you're now using muscles. You know, um, if they're feeling pain, actually even even if it's not penetrative sex, if you're feeling pain with orgasm, for example, mm-hmm. or you're feeling pain with arousal, then it's muscular as well. Because what happens when a woman becomes aroused is essentially um, increase, the blood, increase of blood flow to the area. The nerves are becoming um, more excited and the pelvic floor, as the pelvic floor muscles themselves are going into a relaxed position. So if your muscles are tight, and you're becoming aroused and you feel pain, it's because your pelvic floor muscles can't relax. And then when you're having penetrative sex, if the pain is on penetration, it's because the muscles of the pelvic floor at the entrance, so the the tightening muscles of your pelvic floor, the superficial layer, that, that layer just at the entrance of your vagina, those muscles are tight. If it's pain during sex um, on deep, on deep intercourse, that's usually because of the deeper layer of the pelvic floor. And I probably should just take a moment to explain what the pelvic floor muscles actually are. So a lot of people think, oh, pelvic floor muscles, um, oh, it's just a muscle. It's one muscle that goes from the pubic bone to the tailbone. No, the pelvic floor is actually made up of a web of connective tissue. So that's like um, fascia um, or, or like think, think like ligaments and, and um, you know, the, the uh, uh, tendons and things like that, but also muscles, a lot of muscles. And there's a few layers of those muscles. So there's one muscle, uh, one muscle layer called, let's call it the superficial pelvic floor. That's a bunch of muscles. One of them goes from your pubic bone to the two bones in your bottom. So your sit bones, the bones that you sit on on your bottom. So one of one muscle goes from one side of your pubic bone to one sit bone and 
from the other side of the pubic bone to the other sit bone. And then you have another muscle that goes from your pubic bone and wraps around your um, vagina. So it wraps around your urethra and your vagina. It's like a circular one. Mm-hmm. And then you've got your perineal muscles. And these are the muscles that basically go from one sit bone to the other. So it's in the middle. And that's, that's kind of, that's, you know, and then you've got your anal sphincter muscle. Those are also part of your pelvic floor. So that's your superficial pelvic floor. And then your deep pelvic floor is another bunch of muscles. One of them goes from your pubic bone to your tailbone. Um, one, and, and on both sides, one of them goes from your, um, from your tailbone to your sit bones. So that's deeper in. And then another one that also wraps in around the, um, the rectum. So it goes from your pubic bone and wraps around your rectum. And then on top of that, you also have hip muscles inside as well. So you've got, um, for example, people might have heard of the piriformis muscle. And then you've got your tailbone muscles. And you've also got another um, hip muscle called the obturator internus. Now, your, when you have pain during sex or if you have any pelvic floor pain, it could be from one or a number of these pelvic floor muscles or all of these pelvic floor muscles. You could have all these muscles tight or you could have one is tight or you could have a few is tight. And when a woman has pain with deep intercourse, um, like maybe it's like, oh, it's only when he goes really deep or it feels like he's touching my cervix or something like that. Sometimes it's it's not that. It's that he's touching the back wall of your pelvic floor. So, And sometimes it could be positional. It's like, oh, it's only if we do it doggy style or if it's only if we do it from the side yeah. or if it's only if I'm in a strange position or if I'm on top or, if, you know, like it, it could be positional. And that's because of which muscle is being touched on penetrative sex um, in that position. You know, is it puberic, is it pubococcygeus, is it ischiocavernosis, is it obturator internal? You know, I'm talking jargon here, but that's what I'm saying. Like a pelvic floor physio will be able to feel which muscles are, um, need to be released and then release them. And usually within a few sessions, um, pain can, uh, sorry, pain during intercourse can be, you know, reduced or completely eliminated. So and there are some women that I've seen only once or twice and all of their pain with sex has gone. Some women with endo in particular need more treatment. Um, usually I see women for about three months and um, I see them for about three months and usually by the end of three months their symptoms are resolved. Um, I know that in different with different physios um, it can take longer. Um, it just depends on experience and, and, and how holistic you look at treating endometriosis. So whenever a client comes to see me, I look at it more holistically. I look at everything. I look at the endocrine system, so what's happening in her hormones. I look at her gut. I look at her pelvis. I look at her musculoskeletal system and her pelvic floor, so everything. And that way, you know, within the three months, we've kind of addressed everything rather than just one thing. Hi, I'm back. Just a reminder that today's show is sponsored by BU Period Patches. They are 100% natural, act like a plaster and slowly deliver menthol and eucalyptus oil to the point of pain. These oils are scientifically proven to reduce muscle cramps and therefore the pain that we experience during menstruation or, you know, just during a flare up in general. I love them. As I said earlier, they're part of my go-to period like toolkit and I use them for the first two days of my period. Stick them on under my clothes. They're discreet. They're affordable and they really, they really genuinely work for me. Um, I wouldn't advertise them if they didn't. Um, I know a lot of other 
people with endometriosis are having success with these of course not we don't all work the same so these may or may not work for you but um I do know that they're working for a lot of people and they've got a lot of reviews from endometriosis sufferers so I'm going to be talking about that more over the next couple of days um you get five per pack so they should last you for the majority of your bleed and you can get them every month they're six ninety nine for a pack or four ninety nine if you go for a subscription. To shop, just head to the link in my show notes. Be you, soothe period cramps the natural way. This episode is also supported by the Gluten Free Bacon Academy. So you might remember Heather Crosby. She was on the podcast in probably the first season, I think. Um, and Heather is the founder and recipe creator behind Yum Universe and now she's also the genius behind the Gluten-Free Bacon Academy. I don't know about you but I I mean I've been on a hunt for good gluten-free um, food and like bacon replacements since well since I started eating for endo and it's been a real struggle. I have to say in the UK we are stepping it up a gear. I'm not sure about the rest of the world but um if anyone is interested, Sainsbury's now have a really good um, bread that is from their bakery. Um, but it's you have to you can only get it from their superstores. Anyway, I am going off on a tangent. But anyway, other than that, I can't find any good bread. Um, so I love Heather's gluten free baking course. Um, her bread, I mean, all you have to do is look at the pictures and you can see the difference. It doesn't look like cardboard. It doesn't taste like cardboard. It doesn't feel like cardboard. It's, I mean, her recipes are incredible. I honestly think Heather is a genius. Um, so if you're missing bagels, if you're missing English muffins, burger buns, sourdough, oh God, sourdough toast, peanut butter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so if you're missing any of those also pizza bases flatbreads oh god I could go on forever cinnamon rolls they are all here in Heather's four-week online program you just need two hours a week she takes you through the science behind gluten-free baking you get to understand how the ingredients work and the ingredients are vegan they are full of nutrients fiber protein they don't contain gums starches all that weird jazz. Um, so if you're interested and you want to know more, you can take Heather's free course guide, which is on her website. Enrollment is open now. The course begins 11th of March. So all you have to do is follow the link in my show notes. Um, am I right in thinking you're a women's health coach, physiotherapist, and you started up the pelvic ex um the pelvic expert. Yeah, so I do have I do wear a lot of different hats. <laughs> so that women's health like side of you, like the coach inside, is is that why you have like a holistic approach where maybe another physiotherapist would literally just deal with the muscles? That's definitely right. Um, w- within physiotherapy, so we have different streams. So it's like, you know how you have doctors and specialists and they specialize in different things. So you have gynecologists and you have, you know, urologists and you have gastroenterologists. So they're all kind of specializing things. Or you have orthopedic surgeons and you have, you know, um, doctors who, who look at um, brains, neurosurgeons and so on. So within physiotherapy, there's also different streams. So you can have sports physios, you can have musculoskeletal physios, you can have 
um, pediatric physios, you can have women's health physios and so on. So usually, traditionally, um, physios will, will often be kind of one of them. So they'll usually be just a musculoskeletal physio or just a women's health physio, right? So when you go to see a women's health physio, their, their main focus is pelvic floor. So they kind of just look at your pelvic floor. When you see a musculoskeletal physio, they kind of can look at other muscles in your body as well. So they'll look at your neck and they'll look at your spine and so on. So the difference, so with me, I, I trained in um, a lot of different physios. So I trained, I first started um, in musculoskeletal physio and I did a bit of sports physio and then I went into women's health physio. And then within women's health, there's also specialty areas. So women's health um, traditionally is more incontinence-based. So it's more about the weak pelvic floor, whereas my area is more about the overactive pelvic floor. So I work more with women who have tight pelvic floors um, or they've had, um, or they have pain. So my specialty is more pain. So I've done a lot of, um, postgraduate certifications and so on in pain in particular and overactive pelvic floors and so on. And then I've also done a lot of, um, women's health coaching, as you mentioned. So, um, within that it's all the nutrition and lifestyle based stuff. Um, and then I've also got like specialties in yoga and ex- and Pilates and so on. I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to, <laughs> I want to know everything and anything that I can to help somebody overcome their issue, you know? Yeah, no, that's amazing. Can I ask, where did you um, study the women's health coaching? Because I'm doing that at the moment, so it'd be interesting if we're doing it at the same place. I did it through, um, you know, Jessica Drummond? Yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing that course as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, that's awesome. Are you in her group? Yeah, I am. I'm... Um, the kind of like the Facebook one. Yes, yes. Oh, great, great. Yeah, I, I did it. I did her women's health coaching certificate um, in the first year that she released it. So it's been a while now, at least five years, I would say. Yeah, it sounds like it's really grown from what she said. Yeah, it's definitely needed. It's um, you know, we need more women's health coaches out there because, we're, you know, women's health needs are very different to just general health needs, and especially when it comes to endometriosis, like there's very little known about it, very little understood. Um, and we just need more. And so, you know, I'm so glad to, to hear that you're, you're doing that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yay. That's like made me like I've had like lots of interruptions with different housing issues. So I'm um, I'm glad to hear that. It's like I should keep persisting. Definitely. So if someone was looking for a pelvic floor um, therapist, would you recommend that they look for someone who's also trained like you are in like more of a holistic view and and what should they kind of like expect from working with a pelvic floor therapist because I think some people get a little bit nervous that they might you know end up booking someone a bit dodgy or you know that they don't like the idea of someone like touching their vagina like can I just would it would be nice to kind of hear what to look for when finding someone and also what to expect yeah so definitely if there is somebody in your area who is holistic that can look at the entire body that would be the best situation however I understand that it's also very rare um when I first started I think I was the only one and then now there's more which is good um but yeah like to find someone who does both musculoskeletal physio and women's health physio is difficult. To find someone who's a women's health physio and looks at pain in particular can be can be very difficult as well. So the first thing to do is um, if your main issue is, you know, 
pain in the pelvis and pain during sex, then definitely, definitely see a pelvic floor physio and focus on trying to get a physio who does internal release work. Okay. So what I would do is, you know, just pop it into Google to begin with, like look up pelvic floor physiotherapist or physical therapist, and then your suburb or your city um, where you live and see who comes up and then give them a call and then actually talk to them on the phone, like ask them, you know, what, what, what do you do? Um, do you offer pelvic floor release work? Um, and, and ask, can I gauge them on the phone first before you make a booking? Um, now what to expect in a session. So normally in my clinic, so when I see a patient, they come in, it's a one hour assessment the first time. And the first half an hour is basically just getting a history. So I'm trying to understand everything about this woman's life that led her like, yes, the endometriosis is important, but I often ask other things. Like I will ask questions about her bladder, her bowels, her abdominal health, whether she gets migraines, um, you know, stress, any stresses in her life, like just trying to get like a, a holistic kind of approach of what's kind of happening in that vicinity. And then the second half an hour, I usually will do, if the woman is agreeable, a vaginal exam, because that's usually the main reason why she's coming to see me. She's generally, when a woman with endo comes to see me, it's because she wants, she knows that her pelvic floor is tight or she's having pain with sex, or she just needs her period pain to be a little bit better, um, or she's already had the surgery, but her pain's not gone. So I'll usually do a vaginal exam on the first session, but sometimes if the woman still needs to build a bit of trust with me, then I'll then I'll do an external-only exam, and then I'll come back to it in, in the second session or whenever she's ready. You, you don't have to feel pressure to do a vaginal exam. Like Oftentimes, if you go and see a physio, they can do external techniques in the first few sessions, um, that will really help with your pain as well. Like it doesn't always have to be internal work. Um, so it, if the woman wants to do internal work on the first session, then I do it. If not, then we wait until she's ready. But usually if she's, if we're doing internal work, it's usually, um, you know, we're, we're all gloved up, um, you know, all infection control, you know, the, the, the bed, you know, there's, there's a clean thing underneath every time, like everything's always clean and infection control is really important. Um, so then we have a glove on and we'll do an exam, a vaginal exam, which isn't like going to your doctor, you know, doctors can sometimes be a bit more aggressive with their yeah. vaginal exams because they're not, they're not used, they're not used to it in the same that way that we are. Like physios are trained to do very gentle, um, vaginal exams. And in, from, you know, whenever I've trained women to do vaginal exams and when I was, um, cause I, I teach as well, I, t- I teach, I teach, um, and train other physios. Oh my gosh, you have so many hats. <laughs> um so it's always very gentle and we we always judge what the woman can take like if she's if she's if she's resisting then I I take a step back you know so we go with you you know we want you to feel comfortable um and what we usually do is just feel the tissues like we're feeling and we're asking you is that painful or how does that feel is that your pain you know we're we're trying to gauge and oftentimes you know it, it is painful unfortunately and usually on the first session, straight away, we, we can do some release work on that first session. Some women don't want to. They're, they're like, because um, often I have to warn women, I'm like, look, sometimes after you have that first session, um, it can be quite painful. Like you might be in pain for the next half an hour. Sometimes um, the pain comes back after four hours because it's not used to being um, released. And so, you know, are you okay to in four hours or so to have a bit of pain? Can you go home and, you know, ha- just um, go to sleep, sleep it off or something like that, you know? So 
if if they're not in a position to do that, then um, then I then I say, okay, let's do it next time. Okay, but now you know that this is where your pain is coming from. It's coming from your pelvic floor. But usually we will do a bit of treatment then, and it can be painful for some for most women. But often women with endo have had so much pain that they're like, this is nothing compared to the pain that I usually have. Or it can be quite a lot of pain, and they're like, you know what, I can handle it because I've lived with pain my whole life. So I've never really had much resistance from women with endo um, when it came to doing the first set, the first session of release work. And usually, yeah, they might be in pain the first day, but usually after a few days they feel a lot better um, or they feel different or, you know, and, after, and, and, and that's usually what happens in, in the first session. And then we do these manual therapy release sessions um, for as long as it takes for those muscles to come down. And like I said, for, for me in my in my clinic, I often see within four to six sessions that a woman, so usually a woman will see me either once a week or twice a week, depending on if she can afford it. Um, and then within four to six sessions, usually the, the pain is significantly lower. Like I would say 50%, 50% lower in pain. And by the time she's had three months of sessions, um, the, the average amount of time I've seen a client is three months. There are some women that I see a bit more long-term because they, they want to come for maintenance. So they come like once a month or once every three months to have their pelvic floor relief. It's kind of like going and having a massage, you know, like for your neck and shoulders. Sometimes you just need that maintenance to just, you know, help you a lot. Or if you have like a really busy job or a really busy lifestyle and you, you clench a lot, sometimes you need that maintenance. So it's really, it's dependent on woman to woman, but usually within three months, you should be able to have pain, relatively pain-free sex. Um, and, and if not, there's usually other things going on as well. So we have to kind of look at the, the other things like, you know, what, what are you eating that might be making you more inflamed, for example, or are you completely fatigued and burnt out and your body's just not, you know, creating that beautiful nerve energy, or do you have another underlying condition as well? That's making it worse. Like for example, someone like me who has, I don't know, meiosis as well. Like sometimes, um, you know, even though you've gotten rid of the endo, sometimes you can still get symptoms, you know, and sometimes it can be painful. So, um, you know, we, we try to look at the whole, the whole picture. And, and I can say for myself, like, for, you know, when I, I would say, what, 10, 10 years ago or something, I was in 10 out of 10 pain on a daily basis. Like I was in agony on, on most days. In 2010, yeah, 2010, it was like really bad. I was in pain all the time. I just you know, it's the point where you're just like, why I can't even live anymore. Like this pain is just too much. Um, but after doing all this learning and, um, and now teaching and, um, helping other women, like that has helped me as well, because I'm constantly telling women the things that I should be telling myself. And I'm doing the things like yoga has really been helpful for me as well. Um, and nutrition is definitely a game changer. Um, that now, like I would say my pain, like I, on a daily basis, I, I pretty much have zero pain. It's only certain activities that can sometimes trigger my pain, but then the pain is usually gone within an hour or so. You know, like I've gotten to that point where I can be pretty much 99.9% pain-free. That's amazing. So I know that it's possible for other women. Yeah, Yeah. no, completely. And so obviously um, having private treatment can be expensive for some people. So... I know on the Pelvic Expert, you have some incredible home programs 
So could you tell us a little bit about like the Pelvic Expert and what you offer? And I know you have a program, like an at-home program called EndoEase. So it'd be good to hear more about that. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I did have, I did run a, like a beta of the EndoEase program, um, which basically includes a lot of education. So it's very educational based. Obviously, it's not going to be um, manual therapy based. Like it's not physical pelvic floor muscle releases, but there's a lot of things in there to just get you started on your endometriosis recovery journey. So there's a lot of education, just like what we've been talking about today, but more about how the brain and the nervous system is connected, how your hormone and endocrine system is connected, how your musculoskeletal system is connected, why women who have endo also have PECOS or also have bladder pain syndrome, also have pudendoneuralgia, also have painful sex, like trying to connect all those, like trying to understand why, why is it, why is it that I have endo, but I also have 10, 10 different other things as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then the, the, my favorite part of the program is the graded exercise program that I have in there. So it's based on yogic exercises, but it's also based on pelvic floor relaxation exercises. Um, and it's, basically exercises that you do every day there's about three or four exercises and each every few days the exercises change a little bit and get more I guess more stretchy um and really getting you it's kind of like a pelvic floor meditation really trying to get you back into your body a lot of people kind of detach from their pelvis and their abdomen like they kind of cut themselves off they don't really I mean they're enemies with their uterus so they don't really want to you know, be connected to it, but it's about reconnecting, but in a positive way. Um, and you know, some, some, some women, um, feel like, you know, that they can't connect. So it, you know, it's kind of getting you over that barrier through, through movement. So through, I often say motion is lotion. So let's get things moving. So it's exercise based with the pelvic floor meditation focus, um, to help basically downtrain your pelvic floor in a way that's possible online um, and also stretch and relax all the muscles around that area as well. So like your hip muscles, your leg muscles, your abdomen, your back and so on. And then there's also some um, actual meditation, so specific pelvic floor meditations to help, um, again, reconnect, but more of a focus of trying to let go of your pelvic floor. So a lot of people spend a lot of the time clenched on their pelvic floor. So it's getting them to connect but letting it go um there's also some ma- uh, self-massage techniques and that's probably like when the people who did the program that was probably the most favorite thing of everyone's was the self-massage technique because a lot of people when they did it um suddenly like they were you know they were constipated before and then suddenly they were going to the toilet every day you know to empty their bowels and that just makes them you know when you're constipated you're even more pain so if you if you can eliminate um it can help with that. So it's got some, some abdominal massage techniques, self-massage technique. Um, and then there's some nutrition advice as well. So like, um, you know, I, I'm a big, you know, I, I care a lot about what makes inflammation and, and, um, pain worse. And a lot of the time it is nutrition and you're, you're doing the same thing. Like you're, you're doing the same coaching step as me. You know, we know that there's a relationship between gluten and endometriosis, in most women, we know that there is a relationship between dairy and endometriosis, between eggs and endometriosis, um, histamine. So foods that create a histamine reaction, which is basically like an allergic or an immune reaction in your body, 
will exacerbate your endometriosis-like pain. So um, educating women about that. And then, you know, there's a few recipes and stuff in there as well that you can follow to um, help, um, you know, basically bring down that inflammation in your body. And it's basically like a three, four-week program that you do. And it's just like a self-starter kit, you know, getting you connect back to, into your body in a positive way, um, get you to start moving in a healthy and positive way, um, you know, reduce all the other things, basically what, what we call the noise, the noise that comes with endometriosis, right? So reducing the abdominal noise, reducing the, um, the tailbone pain noise, reducing the constipation, reducing the, um, you know, the, 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 I can't, I can't exercise noise, like all of that type of stuff, you know? Um, so th- that's kind of my purpose with that program. It, it is on a pause just at the moment because I just ran the beta and I, um, and I just wanted to make sure that I had met everyone's needs in the beta before I launched the full one, but the, the full one will be available shortly. So women can go on and just, um, like they can just register their interest and then when it comes out, they can, they can just go ahead and purchase it. Okay. I'll put a link in the show notes to that so people can sign up. Yeah, definitely. And look, I'm always there to support women with endometriosis. And I see women here in Sydney in private practice as well. Um, you know, I, 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 endometriosis is one of those things that I'm really passionate about because not many other people are supporting women in the way that they need to be supported with endo. So I'm more than happy for people to send me an email or contact me on the website. Um, and I'm more than happy to offer, you know, a bit of advice. And I do have a lot of blogs and articles and things, just little tidbits that can really help, help you. Um, and, and, you know, that's at the end of the day, like if it can help you just by even 5%, that's, that's something. No, absolutely. And I feel like, your website is full of amazing resources. Like I was having a look at your blogs and your videos. So I totally re- recommend people go on that. Um, with the EndoEase program and also like um, you have quite a few other programs on your website. Um, I've had a few questions from people on Instagram. So I want to make sure that I cover this before we before we end. But would your programs be able to help with, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure they can because of what you just said about um, the abdomen, but, you know, help with the digestive issues that come with endometriosis and some of the bladder issues. Like a lot of people have like bladder pain and just pressure on the bladder. Um, would you say that like they could get started with courses or do you think it's better to go to, um, you know, be seen and examined? Yeah, they can definitely, the, the the course will definitely give them an introductory level to help them understand what's happening in their body and also help them with their pain. Like a lot of the bladder symptoms and the bowel symptoms and the abdominal symptoms, um, you know, s- simple dietary changes, simple exercise changes can already start to help that. But if, you know, the truly muscular stuff, you definitely need to see a physiotherapist to work that stuff out because um, you can only get so far if the muscles are that constricted. So yes, they, they definitely can help with that. Um, the other thing that I wanted to also mention is if people want more information on endometriosis, I have a series um, of videos that I did in a couple of years ago. It's called Tendo on my website. And there's like 30 to 40 videos in there, all about different things, including one of them was what you just mentioned, bladder pain syndrome, interstitial cystitis. 
um, and and that's relationship with endometriosis, um, abdomen. Like there's a lot. There's like thirty to forty different videos um, of interviews that I did with with physios, but also with a lot of other people like nutritionists, gynecologists, fertility specialists. Um, you know, psychologists, like a lot of different people. And it's only $10. Like if they, um, they can get it for just $10 and it's got all these videos and you can watch them in your own time for whenever you want to, however you want to. So you can watch the one that's relevant to you. All of the videos are up um, on that website and they're only $10 and um, they're very, very in-depth and beneficial. I, I guarantee that it will be um, very useful to anyone who watches it. If they just go on the website, it's called Tendo or it's called Endometriosis Videos. There's, there's, there's heaps of them. They're really, really um, useful. Okay, I'm totally going on your website and buying that. I missed that somehow, but it sounds super interesting. Um, I'm a bit like you. I like geek out over Endo. I just want to learn everything that I can. <laughs> okay, so to wrap up, um, so I know that you, you focus on a really holistic view um, for anyone who is really at the beginning of this healing journey, um, how, like, what kind of tips would you say to get started with um, to improve their well-being and reduce their symptoms with endo? The first thing that I would do is probably um, sign up to Endo Ease because that's everything <laughs> a beginner would need to know. And that'll make it so much easier for me than to say everything all now. But um, that'll be number one. <laughs> number two would be look at your diet. It's super important. Like what what are you eating? And you probably know this. When you eat this, you feel sick, you know. And for Endo, the, the I guess the biggest ones are sugar and gluten. Sugar and gluten, like if you can just start to remove those or if you can do it cold turkey for a week, you will already start to notice the difference. So I would say look at your diet. Think about what triggers you. Um, the other thing that I would do is book in to see a pelvic floor physio if you can, if you can afford it. Um, privately is most likely the, the avenue to go with anywhere in the world really. Um and find something that you enjoy in terms of exercise that you can do gently. You know, it might be like I really like yoga, but not like extreme yoga, but like just a gentle, you know, 10-minute yoga routine or something. That can really start to help with your pain. So food, movement, and physio are definitely, you know, up there. So, yeah, I think that would be my, my, main, my main little advices. Would you say that there are like – forms of movement we should avoid if we are like really tense and tight in the pelvic floor so I'm not really a huge person to say people should avoid doing things like I, I think any type of movement is good however there are some movements that can make things tighter so for example if you're doing a lot of crunches or sit-ups that particular movement tightens your abdomen and pelvic area because if you think about it like when you're holding yourself in your ball aren't you tightening all of that so if you're doing a lot of persistent crunches and sit-ups type of movement you're you're kind of encouraging that muscle action whereas if you do more of the reverse like more um maybe um you know lying down your tummy up on your forearms type of movement or um you know bringing your foot back like a quad stretch or something. Those are more things that help to open your pelvis or open your abdomen. Okay. I'm not really huge on avoiding things, but maybe 
don't maybe do less of things that make things tight and do more of things that make things stretch. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah, totally. Um, that's really funny because I <laughs> I did loads of sit-ups before our call. So I'm <laughs> gonna go and stretch. <laughs> Just trying to get back into my exercise routine. Um, okay, that was amazing. I'm full of so much knowledge and I'm just going to add to it because I'm going to go and watch your videos. <laughs> I just hope that I don't over, I haven't overwhelmed you and everyone else. I just oh hope I've gosh. just, you know. <laughs> no, 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 no. I feel like it's such a mysterious, um, side of like endo treatment. Um, and it's not talked about enough. So I know I completely followed what you were saying. And I think that people are gonna, yeah, they're going to take what you've said and run with it and go and, you know, do their own research and, talk to different physios and find out what works for them so thank you so so much um it's been brilliant having you on and i can't wait for endo ease to come out definitely let us know when that's up and i I will put it on my website awesome thanks so much for having me jessica thank you Bye. bye so that's it thank you so much for listening if you want to find out more about what i do or read more on endometriosis and living well with it um, you can head to my Instagram page, which is this underscore endolife. Um, you can head to my website, which is www.thisendolife.com. And you can also get um, a free guide to managing endometriosis naturally on my website. Um, I've put the link in my show notes. It's a beginner's guide to getting started and all of the areas that I Um, have worked on to help reduce my endometriosis symptoms and pain and live well with endometriosis as always if you like this show please rate review and or subscribe really truly does help others to hear the podcast and hopefully will help them to live better with endometriosis this episode was produced by the pod farm whether you're an established podcaster or just getting started visit thepodfarm.com to see how they can help you go from an idea to a finished show that's ready to be heard by the world.